It's so good to be here this morning and uh, preach for Aaron. Aaron and Michaela are gone to New Mexico to, to visit her family, and uh, I pray that they have a good trip. Uh, I know from a son that's in ministry, and he's just gotten started, Aaron, it, it, it's taxing. They, they have a lot of people pulling on from, from every side, and he'll find out, and, and I pray that we will um, give him the chance to nourish his mind and his heart as we keep him and, and go forward. We're, we're just lucky to have a young man and his wife like Aaron and Michaela. Um, today's a, a double whammy. We've got Father's Day, and we're going to honor our seniors, and we're glad about that. Um, you know, as we went across that prayer list, Paul, some of that stuff is way past our pay grade. We've got some very seriously sick people, and I want to have another prayer for those people, if you don't mind. It just seems that the Spirit has moved me to do that. Dear Father, I pray that, that our brothers and sisters that are struggling uh, with health issues and, and spiritual issues that, that are way past us, that you will grant them peace and mercy and healing as you see fit. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Psalms 127, 4 through 5 says this. Psalms 127, 4 through 5. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with the opponents in court. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children. There's a couple of things that this strikes me, fathers, speaking to you today, and mothers. This is a generational war. We can actually fight into the future by what we pour into our children today. You ever thought about it that way? The things that we instill in our children now will carry on when we're gone. The good and the bad. So let's pour into them very good things. Proverbs 3, 5 says this. Trust the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. That was Jerry Green's favorite verse. I had that written down one time. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. When the Bible says do not lean on your own understanding, the Bible, i.e. God, is very serious. Your heart is deceitful. My heart is deceitful. Your emotions fluctuate. My emotions fluctuate. Your, under, your understanding and my understanding does not see the big picture. God never lies. God never changes. And God knows all. Trust him, seniors. Trust him, fathers. Trust him, mothers. He never lies. He never changes. And he knows all. Turn to Hebrews 6, 17 through 18, if you don't mind. Hebrews 6, 17 through 18. If I can find it. It reaffirms what we just read. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what it was promised, 
he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. It's worth reading on a little farther. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Christ is our anchor. God can't change, so Christ can't change. He can't lie. It's impossible for God to lie. How often do you think we're lied to in a day? You ever thought about that? How often are you lied to in a day? Sometimes the lie is so good you don't even recognize it. That's the scary ones. You know, the older you get, you get a little bit better at picking out a lie. Certainly when a two or three-year-old is telling you a story, you can pick it out. But when it's somebody of your own age, it's very smooth. It's hard to pick out a lie. So I choose to have Christ anchor my soul, have Christ anchor my life. We need to teach that to our children, to our seniors, to our toddlers, that Christ is that anchor. Let's go back to Proverbs 3. And we'll read just a few more verses over there in Proverbs 3. I have to, uh, my twin granddaughters, I got these for Father's Day. I think they made them at daycare. I'll, I'll carry these till I die in my Bible. Little bookmarks with the tie, so I can use that. Proverbs 3, I'm sorry, it's so loud, 5 through 10. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. We covered that. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. We talked in class just a little bit about how you seniors especially, you're going to go out in the world. We want you most definitely to be successful in life. But that's not the end game. Gathering up stuff is not the end game. The most wealthy people I know, and I know some wealthy, wealthy people, are actually miserable because they're trying to keep all their stuff. I get Eddie tickled when I tell him I've got clients that would cut cards for our fortune. They just, you could stick a deck of cards out and they'd cut cards for it. They don't care. They'll get more stuff. They know how to get more stuff. But the stuff that we need is that anchor that was talked about. It's Christ. So I pray that as you walk along, it's freshman in college and you start your careers that, that you are very successful and get some stuff but I hope you don't ever get everything you want so you have to keep turning your head back to God for him if we understand Acts 4 verses 12 through 13 life is then in a perpetually forward motion if we lean into that name and let's turn to Acts 4 
Acts 4, 12 through 13. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. There's no other name. Talking about Jesus. They were dragged, these, these guys were dragged before the, the, the officials because they had healed a cripple. And this was their defense. There's no other name that this could have happened. When they, the officials, saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I've had the pleasure of meeting the duck commander. He does have a degree, in, a master's degree in English, so he's a learned man. But according to the muckety-mucks at our college campuses and our universities, with the doctorates and the thises and the thats, I'll match that commercial fisherman and his kids against anybody. His kids baptized over a hundred of their fellow students while in high school. That's stout. They got it. They were unlearned, yet they had been with Jesus. Fathers had shown them Jesus. Mothers had shown them Jesus. You don't do that without a family nucleus that is strong on Jesus. We've got to get back to that. We have to get back to that. I didn't want to write all this down, so I've got it on my phone. Theodore Roosevelt was one of the greatest speech givers that there has been in, in the presidency. And um, the one that he got the most uh, recognition for is still thriving today. I ran across this about a year ago. I'm going to read part of a speech that was one of his most famous. It's not the critic who counts, nor the one who points out how the strong man stumbled, or how the doer of deeds might have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred with sweat and dust and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes short again and again, who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, and spends himself in a worthy cause, who if he wins, knows the triumph of his high achievement, and who if he fails, at least fails with daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold, and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. Theodore Roosevelt. Folks, the day we were born, we entered the arena. There's no opting out. If you're born of a mother and a father, you're in the arena. That's kind of spooky. Unless you know you're in the arena. So my question is this. What now? What now since we're in the arena? A good starting place is Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6 says this, and that was the first verse I had Ace ever remember. Without faith it is impossible to please God, and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Seniors, if you want to memorize a verse, memorize that one. Because without faith, 
it's impossible to please God. Eddie was talking about some doctors he's worked with that actually made fun of him because he believes in this storybook. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And so does Eddie. And so does everyone else in here this morning, I do believe. This is not a storybook. This is God's DNA. You can choose to lap it up and learn it or be the timid that does not. In just a moment, seniors, Eddie's going to read some verses from Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. Eddie called me this week and said, maybe you can tie this into what you're doing. Um, read, that, read that chapter. In the first eight verses, here are eight words that come out of eight verses. Law, statutes, his way, precepts, decrees, commands, righteous laws, and decrees. All again. I'm here at Mineral Springs because I was raised up in a legalistic background, and I learned what grace was. And I pray that we never lose that graceful feeling here at Mineral. But, and there's a but, to weather the storms you have to have a guidepost. And that's his laws, his decrees, his precepts. Those are the things that he teaches us how to live by. I can't make up the rules as I go. I, I'm not sovereign. God is sovereign. If I'm a good son, or if you're a good daughter, we follow our father. Not because we have to, but because we want to. And I hope that you find that out quicker than I did at about 35 or 37. I hope you learn that now. Follow God because you want to, not because you have to. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Verse 7 of that, that passage there, 119, Psalms 119.7 says this. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous ways. As I learn your righteous ways, we keep learning till we, till we die. Hopefully. We keep learning till we die. So it's an ongoing process. No one expects you at 13 to be perfect. No one expects you to be perfect at 31. Randy Hughes used to say he's not interested in perfection, but he's interested in direction. And if we understand what Acts 4 says, that only in that name, the name of Jesus, do we have any hope. Fathers, tell your children. They'll be seniors quicker than you know it. Way quicker than you know it. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. If you don't think the Holy Spirit doesn't work, had all these notes, and I get a text this morning from a group text that I'm in on, and it was Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, it's like, bam, that's, that'll kind of wrap it up. Verse 15, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. 16, make the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. 
Anybody disagree that today's days are evil? You know, I look at stuff and I think, man, there's no way it could have been any worse than this. But Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. It's always been evil. The arena has always been marred with muck and sin and weapons and treachery. It tells us how to arm ourselves with, with the sword and the spirit and things of that nature. Look at Romans 12. Romans 12, verse 2. I'm going to start with verse 1. Therefore I urge you, brothers, or we could put, therefore I urge you, seniors, or I could put, therefore I urge you, mothers, I urge you, fathers, I urge you, church. In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's what he wants for us. Seniors, as you go out, we love you very much. We're honored that you are here with us. You'll find out by Christmas that you don't know as much as you thought you did. And that's okay. It all works out really good. I get excited to know that I'm in the arena. I want that vision to see the evil one coming. And if you pray for that, you'll see him coming. I don't get up here to brag about the rich people I work for. That's just the world I live in. And Karen can tell you I say this all the time. Money does not impress me. Good fathers do. Money is a, is a fleeting thing. Good fathers impress me. Good mothers impress me because I know in the arena you are fighting a generational battle. So when you look at your children when they're tiny or when they're gone, that is an arrow that you shot at the evil one. And I hope he hits his mark every time. I hope you hit your mark every time. This is short because we've got so much to go over with in here. We love you so much at Mineral Springs. Tell your friends to come. Uh, we're just honored to have Aaron. Thank you, Elder, for letting me speak. And I want to close with a prayer. Before that, I would like to say this, though. If there's anyone here that has not asked God to let you use Jesus as your anchor through baptism, you come down and we can take care of that. Think about it. I hope your kids baptize 100 kids while they're at college. I hope your grandkids baptize 1,000 in their lifetime. I see in the world that people are looking for genuine. They're tired of fake. And we should be the people of genuine. The real story with no lies. Dear Father, we just thank you so much.
for your word. We thank you for your decrees. We thank you for your laws. We thank you for your precepts. But mostly, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy, and we thank you for your grace, because you could just let us go. But you don't, and you didn't. You chose a way out for us, Father. You chose a way for us to live forever, and that is through your Son. And the things that he endured, I will never understand, because he did suffer to the point of death. We've just had our feelings hurt. Father, let us live into your story. Let us live into it that brings you glory, not us. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.